Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Authentic Woman. This is your host, Shannon Fisher, and we've got a great guest for you today. I am interviewing Marty Bond, who is the Senior Public Health Advisor for the Office on Women's Health, and we're going to be discussing a very important topic for the health of women and girls. Yesterday, her office celebrated National Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day, so I'm going to ask her uh, about that day and also about a lot of details that women and girls need to know about HIV AIDS. So, Marty, welcome. Thank you so much, Shannon, for having me. The National Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day yesterday was amazing. Excellent. And so you had uh, you had several events. So what exactly did your office do to celebrate yesterday? We were at the Sylvan Theater. Our theme this year and its 11th year was the best defense is a good offense, all about prevention. We had a number of speakers in the Washington area, and we walked down Independence Avenue with a police escort, a marching band, uh, cheerleaders, and many of the committed uh, partners and supporters in the area. And it was a beautiful day in Washington to bring to really bring attention to the impact of HIV/AIDS on women and girls, and particularly in the District of Columbia. So. We felt um, that it was a successful event because we also had a testing mobile on site in front of our offices where young people and anyone interested could go ahead and get uh, an HIV test. So I feel the day was very successful. The office was very happy to be able to host the second walk, but again, we're in our 11th year and had support all around uh, the city. That's wonderful. So it, it sounds like it was even more than a walk. It was a parade with the band and the cheerleaders. It that's was a, a parade. A everyone, <laughs> everyone was excited. We had cheers. We were looking at many of the people in some of the office buildings coming down Independence Avenue who were waving us on. So it was quite an event. That's such a good way to raise awareness. And and so mm-hmm. for women, HIV AIDS rates are growing among women and girls both in older and younger age ranges. So tell me a little bit about the statistics and why you're why you're putting a focus on women and girls with HIV AIDS awareness. Shannon, that's a great question because they're staggering figures, staggering numbers, and each one of these numbers represents a woman or a girl who is living with HIV. Currently, 226,000 women and girls are living with HIV. And from that statistic... We also know that African-American women are disproportionately impacted by HIV. In fact, they make up more than 60% of those new infections since 2013. We also know that these figures should make us all concerned. With young people living with HIV, we know for a fact that the statistics are showing that now youth ages 13 to 24 accounted for an estimated 26% of all new infections in the U.S. in 2010. What makes wow, this so, so daunting? There are risky behaviors that put women mm-hmm. and girls at risk. Those risky behaviors include, for young people, perhaps having a history of sexually transmitted infections sexually transmitted diseases, which make them at higher risk for HIV, sharing Mm -hmm. needles for injection drug use, and also 
the Office on Women's Health wants women to know that having unprotected sex, vaginal, anal, or oral, with multiple or anonymous partners is a key risk, or not knowing your partner's status. So these types of risky behaviors are what's raising the incidence rate. We have staggering figures now among mm-hmm. older people living mm-hmm. with HIV, and those numbers are increasing for people over age 55, which is often a group that is left out of the conversation. So we have to understand that when I was talking about those statistics, I'm also including older Americans and older people who are living with HIV. Uh, I've heard that uh, that STI rates among um nursing homes and whatnot are are going through the roof. And and I guess that when you get to be that age, you don't really pay that much attention to the risk factors. Do you think that is part of the equation with the the older age range? I think so. And in 2012, people age 55 and older accounted for one quarter of all Americans living with HIV in the Mm. United States. And we forget that that may be a generation that is now not looking at, um, particularly for women, having to look at uh, pregnancies, uh, certainly the use of a condom, not knowing uh, about their risks. We at the Office on Women's Health want every woman and girl, especially over the age of 15, to be tested and to at least know their status so they can be protected. And why is it that uh, that particular demographics, like African Americans, are, are at a higher rate of infection? We need to understand for African American women, they're 20 times more likely than white women to contract HIV. Wow. We have to start talking about it. We have to start reducing stigma and encourage a conversation that says it's okay to know your status, that knowing your status is very powerful. Before you engage in a relationship, to really know your status. The testing is usually free. It's confidential. A healthcare provider will either take a blood sample or fluid, and most often with the rapid test, you can know the same day. That's wonderful, and and I understand that the ACA also offers assistance with HIV AIDS testing. Is that correct? Yes, we are so proud that in the uh, milestones that have been achieved since our uh, first observance that the 2010 signing of the Affordable Care Act actually expands the affordable health insurance coverage for millions of Americans, particularly thousands living with HIV. So you're absolutely right. The Affordable That's Care great. Act is one vehicle for that. Mm-hmm. Now, so aside from getting tested and aside from, obviously, the use of condoms, what other precautions can women take to prevent contracting hiv Shannon, that's a really good question. And we know abstinence is the surest way to avoid HIV, mm-hmm. but there have been advances in daily treatment. If you are HIV negative and are in a mutually monogamous uh, relationship with an HIV-infected partner, you can actually talk to your doctor or healthcare provider about pre-exposure prophylaxis. It's referred to as PrEP. It's a daily pill, much like a birth control pill, that keeps the virus from uh, taking hold in your body. And actually, PrEP can reduce the risk of HIV from sex by more than 90%. Oh, There's wow. also yes, yes. A healthcare provider can also talk to you about 
post-exposure prophylaxis, if you get to the healthcare provider and doctor right away, if you think you've been exposed to HIV, and that's particularly having sex with someone who is HIV positive. The PEP drugs lower your chances of getting HIV after you've been exposed to the virus. And again, these are daily treatments. Now, and there there have been such great advancements in the treatment of HIV-AIDS uh, and I understand that treatment is is imperative even if a person is asymptomatic. So tell us a little bit about the reasoning for that. Most of that information can also be found on our website, womenshealth.gov and cdc.gov. But let me mm-hmm. emphasize that you are absolutely right that the advancements in the antiretrovirals treatments have been simplified over the last 10, 15 years. There are opportunities for the viral load, which is suppressing the CD4 count in your body, to be lower. But the treatment and staying in care is the most critical issue once a woman or a girl has found out that she's HIV positive and into treatment. Treatment and care and adhering to a treatment regimen is important, as well as it's important to have the kind of social support, the support of family and friends to be able to understand how important it is for staying in treatment. Absolutely. And so what about male partners? What can male partners do? Shannon, that's the best question of the interview. Male partners have to commit to taking an HIV test and knowing their status too. They've got to realize the value in a healthy relationship that it needs to begin with knowing their status if they're going to engage in sex and to be supportive of their female partners. In fact, they can go together to get tested. But it's a huge responsibility, I think, also for male partners to know their status to be able to get into treatment if they are HIV positive and certainly to remain HIV negative. Sure. And there and there's still a, a stigma that's attached to being HIV positive. So what can we as a society do and what can your office do to, to help address that stigma? Shannon, you and I right now are reducing, I hope, some of the stigma by being willing uh, to talk about it, to have the conversations. Mm -hmm. Across this country, the Office on Women's Health has supporters and partners who are engaging in a conversation to show the support and hope and sharing information to empower women and girls. So the stigma is reduced, I think, the more often we have opportunities to share what are the issues around HIV and knowing the real facts to make sure that people know you can't get HIV from a hug or the air or toilet seat. The most important opportunity would be to support women and girls who are HIV positive, friends, families. They still need to have fun, but to understand it starts with a conversation and the openness because there is sometimes an unwillingness to talk about it through fear, and we want to break down that fear. So within the Office on Women's Health, yes, we want to break down the fear by having activities like the National uh, Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day, but we want it to, to, to permeate the whole year through. We want people to start the conversation and diminish the stigma. Mm-hmm. And that's that's wonderful, and I and I think it sounds like you're making great strides toward that. And so for for people who really don't 
have the information, uh, who don't know uh, all the details about transmission and all of the intricacies of that, uh, give your give your website address again. The Office on Women's Health website is womenshealth.gov. I would mm-hmm. also encourage your listeners to understand the uh, testing sites are very easily located by going to gettested.cdc.gov. That's a website where you can put in your city mm-hmm. or your zip code and find uh, uh, a testing site. I would also encourage your listeners to talk to their health care provider and talk to a trusted uh, a doctor who can give them more information about HIV and the simple effective steps to protect themselves as well as to start the conversation. If there's one lingering message that you want to get across to all of the women and girls out there about about HIV-AIDS, what, what would that be? The one lingering message would be that the Office on Women's Health wants to shed light on the increasing impact of HIV-AIDS by understanding the issue of AIDS prevention, care, and treatment, and knowing that HIV as a virus is 100% preventable. We've got to do more to get the word out how women and girls can protect themselves. I think that's fantastic. There there seems to have been some complacency in the last couple of decades since uh, the, the, the AIDS crisis of the, the 1980s kind of came and went, and, and I'm so glad that your office is shining a light on this and, and bringing awareness to the fact that this is still really a large societal and medical problem. So, Marie Bond, thank you so much for being with us today. Shannon, thank you so much for having me and representing the Office on Women's Health and the great work that we continue to do along with our partners and supporters across this country. This is Shannon Fisher for The Authentic Woman. See you next time.